Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. So last week, we're jumping right in. Last week, we took, uh, an, uh, we took our action step from Galatians 5.13, which tells us to serve one another in love. Serve one another in love, and that is easier said than done. So please know that I don't assume that everybody that's watching right now is serving one another in love. And I don't believe that everyone right now is walking in love 100% of the time. I know that's our call and that's our purpose, Lord. But here's the thing. I know that, that, that you don't, even though there are others who have that expectation of you. Even though there are others that have that expectation of you, okay? And so then that said, let's bring some context to you alone today. What is this? It's easy to feel alone today. It's real easy to feel alone today. Even if you're surrounded by people, you're on your own path. You're on your own walk or journey with God. And so then um, I want to let you know, you feel it's so easy to feel alone because you feel like your values are getting trampled on, right? You can feel that way because what you value, what you like is being pushed on. It's being pushed against or it's, or it's being smothered, Right. And so then when what you love or what you value gets smothered or gets pushed on, it affects you. And so it's real easy to go back and kind of fall into this, I don't know, cocoon, if you will, and just think, man, it's me against the world. And I just want to tell you that it's not you against the world. It's not you against the world. And you're not alone. You're not alone. There are so many people who feel exactly like you do today. And there's a bright side to it. There's a bright side to being in in this position in this position. So we have to trust the mission, not the miserable. And I'll get back to that in a minute. And so then here's the thing, a stat on this election. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go here and I just want to tell you, this is a hard position to stand in right now. It really is. It really is. And so I'm not bothered by this because I believe this is the spirit of God. I believe this is what God wants to share today. And so go with me. A stat on this election reports that 46% of Christian votes went to one candidate and 54% went to another. Okay. And I don't know what you feel about that, but that number is very shocking to me. It proves that we are more divided, that we're more divided than ever, especially as believers. It makes me concerned for the morality of America. Where are we? Or really a lack thereof of morality, right? And so then when you think about that, you think, how did this happen? How did this happen? How did we sway so far that way or this way? And the reality is this. It means that all believers aren't Republicans, and then all Democrats don't believe in, um, in abortion, right? That's, that's what those statistics represent. And so then it shows that there is so much diversity in our beliefs. And today is not a message uh, attacking one side or the other. Today is not a message. I'm talking about the human race. I'm talking about people, okay? People. And we all come in different shapes, sizes, and colors. And so then I'm talking about the human race today. How did we get to this point? How do we get here where the media has, has swayed so far and we can't trust what we hear? We can't trust what we see. We have to second guess things. I shouldn't have to do more research to do more research, to do more research on something that was said. I also shouldn't get 87 uh, people sharing Facebook stuff with me multiple times a day saying, did you see this? Did you see this text message? I, you're probably in the same boat. You probably get the same stuff. Did you see this? And it's like, oh my gosh. I don't know. 
I don't know. So how do we get here? We've lost our influence as believers, as Christians. We've lost our influence. That means the church has lost its influence in America, right? What we have in our country today is the loudest people are influencing the entire country. Those who are the loudest get the most attention. And so because they are nonstop loud, these are those people on your on your social media feeds that just want to bag and bang on you for everything that you put out. The loudest people get the most attention. They're not the majority. They're just the loudest. They're just the loudest. And the loudest people are influencing the entire country. And they're the smallest percentage. I'm going to give them 5%. The last time we checked, it was 3 But let's just say this way a couple bit. And we're up to 5% of our country. We have 5% just in your face all the time, influencing 95%. Regardless of how they believe, who, who, what, when, where. We have 5% just, ah, always. Right? Being very generous with my 5%. Now, God loves every person represented in that 5%. So do I, so do we. It's what we're called to do as, as people, right? We might not agree with them, but we love them. It's Matthew 22, 37, 39. Love your God, our heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Here's the catch. Here's the catch in this. The 5% who are loud in your face, questioning everything you do, they know the golden rule. They know Matthew 22, 37, 39. They know it. They know it. And they know it to hold it against you. They do. And they take that love your neighbor as yourself, okay? And they and they make it love myself for myself. And it's became about it's it's all about it's it's an all about me mentality. And so it's saying, how are you? It's what about me? Instead of how are you, it's what about me. I'm scrolling along. I don't like what that says. Wham! We get it everywhere. It's not just social media, it's just the, that's just the greatest example I have, right? So they're constantly saying, well, I don't. Well, I don't. Meanwhile, we as believers are sitting back going, good grief, I didn't say anything. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not offended. What do you, what do you, and we have to end up making excuses and justifying why we say what we say. It's like, wait a second. The person on the other side of that screen, they're, they're heroes, right? They're just miracle-working people um, with fake names and all that other stuff, right? The person over here doesn't have to do anything except make noise. And we argue for the sake of arguing. Right? And so then, they also know this. They also know this. And this is kind of the core scripture today. They also know that you are to turn the other cheek. Whoa! Don't you be hypocritical. You should turn the other cheek and let me, let me, let me slap that one too. I know that scripture. I know that. And so they know the golden rule and they know that you should turn the other cheek. You've heard this. Even if you've never been in church before, you've heard this. Oh, now, now, just turn the, just turn the other cheek. Let's go, into, let's go into depth on this. It's Matthew 5, 38 through 42. Matthew is one of the 12 disciples. The New Testament starts with Matthew. Matthew is my favorite book in the New Testament, in the Gospels. And so here it goes. Matthew 5, 38 through 42. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Can I hang right there for a second? You've heard that used too, right? Eye for an eye. What's so funny is we take that eye for an eye thing and tooth for tooth thing, and it becomes totally separate, totally separate from turn the other cheek. 
And this is together, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them and give them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat too. Hand over your coat too. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Go with them too. I just want to let you know that this is a, this is like one of my core values. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. And I twist it for so long, I'm out in my mind thinking anything worth doing is worth overdoing. That's what that scripture mean, meant to me for a long time. Okay. Verse 42, give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. What's Matthew saying in these five verses? This is really the law of love explained. This right here is the law of love explained to us in Scripture by Matthew. And here's what it is. Whatever it takes for peace. What's it saying? Whatever it takes for the sake of peace. Commit your concerns to God. Okay? Do whatever whatever you have to do to commit yourself to peace. In the situation we're in, the loud people could care less about peace. Right? Their attacks are not about peace. And so we on the other side feel peace. What do I have to do about peace? Well, let me put a precursor to my statement. Well, well, it seems to me everything we say has to be so, so very twisted and turned to not offend anyone. But if you're on the 5% side, you can say whatever the heck you want, whenever you want, however you want, and people have to deal with it. Right? But what Matthew's saying is commit your concerns to God. Commit your concerns to God. He hears them and he keeps them. And the sum of all of them is this, is this. We must avoid arguing and strife. Remember, flesh and blood. Remember this. Flesh and blood are the root of every outrage and every offense. Flesh and blood are the root of every argument, every disagreement, every anything. Flesh and blood are the root. But flesh and blood do not enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's the one thing you have going for you that the, that the loud, obnoxious people do not. I can't say all of them, but I'm, I'm almost certain, right? Flesh and blood do not inherit the kingdom of God. So those who act with morality and integrity, making decisions with the right principles will have the most peace and comfort. Those who act with morality and integrity, making decisions with the right principles will have the most peace and comfort. These people will see God work on their behalf. Now, I'm not saying, hold me to this, not saying all 95% of people are living with integrity and morality and all those things. What I am saying is the people who commit, who commit their concerns to God and make decisions with the right principles have the most peace and most comfort, and God works on these people's behalves. Nowhere in Matthew chapter 5, nowhere in those five verses in Matthew chapter 5, what was it, 38 through 42, nowhere in there are you told to keep taking it. Nowhere in there are you told to change your values, to change what you like, to change what you believe. Nowhere in there are you told to stop believing. The Bible is full, packed full of stories of God telling people to be strong, to be confident, to be bold, to be full of faith, to be full of faith. You ever notice this? And I just, I'm, I'm confident in what I'm doing, 
I'm confident where we're at. I don't like everything that's happening right now. But anybody who confronts you, you, you ever notice when you, when you respond with truth, when you respond with truth, almost every time, not all the time, we still have a 4.5 out of 5 rating because one bonehead, one bonehead just had, he had his, he had his opinion, right? When you confront people with truth, it either wins or it shuts them down. But to confront people with truth, you have to know truth. You have to know truth. That means it has to be in you, right? So then if I will confront or respond in truth, if I respond in truth, if I will be bold, if I will be confident, if I will respond in truth, if I will live truth and not back down like the great Tom Petty saying, right? Won't back down. And you're not backing down for the sake of argument. You're not backing down for, for the sake of not turning the other cheek. You're backing down for the sake of truth, right? You're not backing down. I won't back down. And you're not doing that for the sake of truth, for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Because what you see in Matthew is this. It is, it is not. The kingdom is never ending. It's always growing. It never stops. It doesn't sit on hold. And so then, anything that takes the kingdom backwards is not received. I'll get to that here in a minute, I think. It's not welcomed. It's not allowed. And so then if turning the other cheek causes you to become a weaker Christian, do not turn the other cheek. We are to stand firm, strong, with boldness and confidence, trusting this. Trusting this. And so then, where did the shift happen? Where did the shift happen? We stand for the sake of truth and kingdom, not for self, right? And so where did the shift happen? How do we get to this place? We got here ever so gradually, didn't we? Just a nice slow drip, right? As people, here's what we've accepted. And these are just a couple of the things that came to my mind when I was thinking through, praying, having conversations. As people, we've accepted that traditional, that traditional is now offensive. Growing up, tradition never graduates, right? Tradition is those things we hold to. Some of us only think tradition is what we're going to do this Thursday at Thanksgiving or what we do at Christmas. But traditional values, traditional things have become offensive. Why? We've allowed it. We've allowed it. And we've agreed that inappropriate things are now discrimination. If you see something that's inappropriate and you call attention to it, that that just right now that turns to discrimination. Oh, and so wait, wait, no, no, that's inappropriate. How do I know if it's inappropriate or not? When my five-year-old daughter can tell me that that's not right, it's inappropriate. When my seven-year-old son can tell me, why is, why, what, how? Because the only thing they know is the truth, okay? And whatever goes on inside of a seven-year-old's mind, five-year-old's mind. How do I know it's inappropriate? Because Lainey can tell me, she, she can say, should they be wearing that? Daddy, daddy, we don't dress like that. We don't, whatever. If it's inappropriate, it's inappropriate. It's not discrimination. It's still inappropriate. Okay. And so then just a couple things we've moved, we've moved, um, and we're moved more by feelings now than we are faith. Ah, that doesn't make me feel very good. Not good. Never doing it again. Matter of fact, 
feelings now matter in today's culture today feelings now matter more than facts people don't care about facts anymore facts have have fell into that traditional category oh yeah that's what they used to say that's what they, right morality is taking a back seat to a me mentality that's what it all comes down to morality our morality has taken a back seat to a me mentality our wants have overcome our needs and our flesh gets more attention than our faith. I'm talking generally as a people, as a human race. This is how the loudest can influence the entire country. All these things I've just said right here. And what does that mean? What does that mean when our flesh gets more attention than our faith? That means we have poor faith and greater fear. We have weak faith, poor faith, lack of faith, and greater fear. Why? Because everything that's happening around us and the loudest voices that keep, yeah, 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 and never stop. We influence less. We talk less. We're more quiet. We second guess what we're doing as believers because we, we're sick of it. And that's the whole goal. How can we change this? Right? Poor faith equals greater fear. Poor faith equals greater fear. Why? As people, our focus has shifted. Our priorities have changed and believers have fell into the rut. We as believers have fell into the rut to go along to get along. Well, I'm just in the mix, man. Like, just don't point me out. Don't say anything to me. I'm just here to do my job. I'm just here to shop for groceries. I'm not going to wear anything that's offensive. I'm going to wear a nice shirt. I'm going to be, I'm going to mind my P's and Q's. I'm going to be the perfect citizen because because that's expected of you because of the golden rule and the turn the other cheek and all these things that 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 the loudest that the, that the loud people tend to turn against us as believers i'm in this i'm in this boat by the way i'm a believer okay and so that we fell into the rut of going along to get along we've lost our influence we've lost our influence it's the second time i've said that today and we've quit occupying where we are we have empty churches all over the country it's not just detroit there are 73 churches from here to downtown on one street I'm not saying they're empty, but they're not alive. They once were. If you drive down Woodward Avenue uh, in Detroit, working your way out, I would say that would be northwest. <laughs> Forgive me if that's wrong. Um, you're going to find some of the most beautiful churches that are now historical landmarks and the, and the doors are closed. Why? We don't occupy anymore. We've lost influence. We've lost influence as a church. Yes, yes, you can say, well... The population has changed and da, 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 da. it doesn't matter. It's all over the country. It's all over the country. Matter of fact, we've got content, even though there is a separation between the church and state, we've got content to close our doors, close the doors of the church. I'm not content with that. I'm actually renting a space. If you have a space that's available, let me know. We'd like to rent. Okay, that's the truth. And so then, why? Why are the churches empty? Because this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual battle first before it's anything else. You're a spiritual being. First, before you are anything else, all masks and all memes aside, everything that's happening right now proves that this is a spiritual battle and that we as a country are at a spiritual low. I'm not going to say the lowest of lows of all times because I don't know that, but we are in a spiritual low. Lull, we're down right now as a country, spiritually, which means we, if you hear my voice, you and you alone have a responsibility. You have a responsibility as a believer, as a believer. So 
We're going to get back uh, to the book of James today. James um, is pretty matter of fact. God, I love it because it's if you're if if you're like me, you love that. Like matter of fact, tell it how it is. I appreciate it. I'm going to take it and I'm going to get better from it. And I'm going to move on. And I believe that's how we should all take the Bible, anyways. And so, in James chapter one, we're going to be uh, in, in in James later on. But but this stuck out to me. This hangs above my desk in my office. It says, "Count it all joy when you face trials of every kind, believing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Believing, believing." That the testing of your face produces perseverance. Listen, that's not just for you alone. That's for us as believers. And that perseverance creates influence. Because now when I'm walking beside the loud person and I persevere through all the trash, they see and think, dang, she's for real. He's for real. They really do believe. What do the loud people think about the church right now? I knew it was fake. I knew those people weren't real anyways. I knew it was all a scam. I knew it was... Why? Because we're allowing. We're allowing all of it. But I'm getting pretty bold in how I talk right now. <laughs> what are we after? What are we after? There are three scriptures I want to point out to you. If you're taking notes, you should write these three things down. What are we after? David... We all know David, man after God's own heart. David cries out in his final prayer of Psalm 72, 19. He says this, let the whole earth be filled with his glory. What are we after? Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. In Mark 16, 15, Jesus tells us, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the entire creation. What are we after? Matthew 22, 9. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. What are we missing? Influence. Influence. And here's what you need to understand in these three scriptures. In order for God to fill the earth with His glory, He has to fill us with His glory, which means we have to accept, allow, let it happen. If we are to occupy, if we are to occupy... If we are to influence, he must influence and he must occupy us. Must. Must. The, three, the theme, obviously, in those three verses is occupy. Is occupy. And we fail to occupy. We fail to be where we're at as believers. And that's why we have people who lack morality and people who lack integrity in leadership positions across our country. Why? Because the, the, the influence of the church, the influence of the believer, slowly shifted, right? Because the 5%, the 5%, here's how it gets this way too. The 5%, the loud, those people, are continually pressuring the majority to give a little bit more. Well, just give a little bit more. Just give a little bit more. Turn the cheek. Be nice. Come on. It's okay. So culture shifts and morality fades. Culture shifts, morality fades. Are we used to it yet? We're used to it yet? Okay, how about this now? Can we have this? Culture shifts, morality fades. They used to it yet? Are we good yet? Are, are they used to it yet? Culture shifts, morality fades. What happened to the truth? I'll tell you what happened to the truth. The truth hurts. The truth hurts. The truth hurts. 
We don't want the truth. We don't want the truth. And we who know the truth better start stinking claiming it. Right? What about truth in love? Truth in love. Who tells the truth today? Wouldn't you love to know the answer to that question? Who tells the truth today? Please. Please. Question. Who do you know that tells the truth? Who do you know that tells the truth? I'm going to shock you. Do you love that person? If you identify the person, who do you know that tells the truth? Do you love that person? You absolutely do. You absolutely do. You love that person. They tell you the truth. They tell you the truth. That's why. They'll tell you the truth. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. One of my best friends in the whole country shed light on this for me several years ago. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies the kisses. An enemy multiplies the kisses. I love verse 6. What's verse 6 say? Verse 6 says, A real friend won't just pat you on the back. They'll slap you in the face. Why? Why? Because they love you. Because they love you. And I'm coming to you today like that. I'm coming to you as a friend. Because I see. Because I can see it. I sense it. I feel it. Why? Why will you let that friend not just pat you on the back, but slap you on the face? Why will you get in a fist fight with somebody and still be friends with them afterwards? Why? Why will you fight and still be friends? You trust and you love them. This is what God's asking from us. Love and trust. You trust them. You respect them. They have influence with you. They have influence with you. This is why we say, who do you know that's close to you, but far from God? You have influence with them. You have influence with that person. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all go out today and getting slapping, uh, getting a slap fest, okay? No slap fest. Maybe it's needed, okay? Might be needed. There might be some people in your life that just need you to come and go, hey man, wake up. Wake up. And if that's the case, you go do it and you do it in the name of Jesus, right? Why? First Thessalonians, forgive me. My computer just decided to take a deal. First Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Isn't that what that does? Build each other up. No, man, I'm not going to let you do that. No, hey, you can't go do that. Why? Why? Because if you do, it's using our experiences to help each other out. It's getting the people who are close to you's attention. And as a body of believers, we must do the same. We must do the same. This is what the body, this is what the church, this is what you alone are responsible for. This is what you alone are responsible for. Empty churches all over the country and poor attendance and closed doors right now proves that we aren't doing what we once did, that we're not occupying and that we don't have the influence that we had. Why? Because we've shifted. Culture moves here. We slowly come behind as the church. We slowly come behind as believers. We become okay with reaching the insiders that we have and keeping to ourselves. That's my chair. No, 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 no. I don't care if you're new today. I sit there every Sunday, half for 26 years. It's my chair. We've become okay with just reaching who we have and keeping to ourselves. 
But the problem is when we keep to ourselves, you keep your influence out of our communities. When we only want to reach insiders and we only keep to ourselves, we keep our influence out of our communities, out of our jobs, out of our houses, out of, our, out of everything. We keep our influence out when we only want to reach ourselves. In order for us to occupy, to live out Mark 16, 15, Matthew 22, 9, and Psalm 72, 19, the glory of God has to exist to be resurrected in our hearts personally. The glory of God has to exist or be resurrected or be resurrected in our hearts personally, individually. You alone must. In our, currently, in our current reality, what we have is we're being held to a standard as believers that man made. Man has made all of these standards that we're keeping up with. And they continually shift and they continually change. And as people, no, as believers, we fear, we fear this. If we don't comply with every demand, we'll get labeled, we'll be outcast, okay? We'll be put off. And because we want to fit in, do not conform to this world, right? But because we've conformed, because we want to fit in, we have adopted things that we don't value. We do things that we don't like. We set through what we would never set through, right? And that's bull. It just is what it is. Because, la, la, la. And because it exists, even if you don't like it, because it exists, because you've made this shift, right? Because you've made this shift, it's gaining influence in your life, even if you can't stand it. Because you've made the shift to accept something that you don't like, that you don't value, that drives you nuts, because you made the shift, it's gaining influence in your life. And what once used to make you nuts, which used to drive you crazy or make you sick, used to make you sick, you couldn't stand it. You've had to deal with it so long that all of a sudden, this ain't so bad. I mean, this ain't so bad. And you can't even remember how it used to make you feel. Because it's been crammed down your throat. Consistently. Slow drip. It's a bull. And so then, which means we've lost influence. The church has lost influence. We do not occupy like we once did. And the only way this gets better is with the influence of the gospel. The only way this gets better is with the influence of the the gospel. It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us alone as individuals, as the church, as the body. Even though you're stuck in a, in a room or a house or somewhere right now, it starts with us as the body. Regardless of what the numbers said, we all knew when it got colder, the virus was going to come back. This is still a free country and a mandate is not the law. FYI. Okay. That doesn't mean be ignorant. It doesn't mean that you're not safe. It doesn't mean that you that you don't care about the human race. It means you're a free American is what it means. Okay. So stick with that. <laughs> and so then how do you occupy? How do you occupy? We're going to James right here. James 119. We're going to read this together. How do you occupy? Take the gospel with you. Take the gospel with you. This doesn't stay on the shelf at home. This is in your heart. Just plant the word in your heart. Okay. This doesn't, this doesn't leave you. 
All right, take it with you. Be bold, be confident, stand for truth. Stand for truth. James, uh, James, phenomenal guy. And you need to look this up this week. I'm going to read you the message translation of verses 19 through 27. This is James chapter 1. Remember earlier in the chapter, he starts out by saying, hey, count it all joy when you go through trials because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And here James comes in in 1, 19 through 27, he says, remember we read uh, Matthew earlier, post this at all intersections, go out in the streets, post this at all intersections, dear friends, lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue and let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. You can say that again. So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, who is God, landscape you with the word. It's in your heart, making a salvation garden of your life. Do not fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. And he's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the gospel. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and do not act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. We've addressed that in the last, um, last several messages. You need to go back and find that. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is not distracted, sorry, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action, of action, action. I should have highlighted that. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. That person, come on. Anyone who sets himself up as a religious, like those quotes there, by taking by talking a good game is self-deceived. The kingdom of religion is hot air and only hot air. Real religion, the kind that passes must the kind that passes muster before God, the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from this godless world. If we do not use our influence to occupy where we are, the only disciples that are being made right now are those that trend toward the extreme because they're listening with their eyes and they're making decisions with their feelings. They're listening and going off of what is seen and felt, which causes us, the body, to continue to lose influence to occupy less of our communities and become weak and fearful. You, me, people can only hear something or be around something for so long before it becomes part of you. That's what this is. It's just a slow shift, right? It's psychology, psychology. I'm not a psychology major. It's pretty obvious. Understand that there's great intention right now behind everything that you see, everything that you hear, and everything that you feel. This is a spiritual battle. It's an attack on the capital C church. It's an attack on you as a believer because you are the church. You're the average of the top five people that you hang around with. If I want to know who you are, I just need to look at the five people you hang with, and I can tell you. I know that's different today because we're locked in the basement, which means I'm the average of my family, which I'm okay with that right now. Um... And what stinks is um, you become what you listen to. 
<clears throat> excuse me. You become what you listen to. You become what you surround yourself with. And what you listen to right now, what you surround yourself with and who you're with, leave you feeling empty. They leave you feeling empty. And God would like to fill that place. God would like to fill that place. He would like to bring you peace. <laughs> God would love for you to live in truth, in boldness, and confidence. Redefined is the name of our church. People are taking this word right now and using it to cancel culture or to create a new beginning. I can't change anything that's happened in our past. I can, I can try with everything I am to influence the future. Okay? We don't need to redefine history to support a new narrative. Doesn't need. That's busy work. That's busy work. All we need is to live in truth and become like Jesus. That's the mission. That's the mission. That's what gets us out of miserable is the mission. So let's be on mission, right? When you look at our world, when you look at our world and what we're being told, you are being forced to abide or comply by the rules that are being handed to you. And if you don't, essentially you feel like you're going to get crushed. Well, man, if I don't, who knows? They know my, you know, it's like Siri, right? She listens to you on your phone and then all of a sudden the ads that you uh, <laughs> were talking about are now on your screen, right? We have that because of technology. You don't have to abide by any man's, by any man's voice. We opened. The only voice that matters is the voice of God. So you have to abide by the world or a man or a leader or a woman. <clears throat> Forgive me. No, we don't abide by any man. It's only God and God's voice alone. Why? John 15 says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be given to you. You'll have everything you need if you abide in me. Abide in me, Jesus. So then redefined means our church. It means getting back to the book of Acts. It means getting back to the gospel. Getting back to the gospel. Not something that man's made or man's making or man's trying to create, right? Have you thought this at any point? Why are we re rewriting things based on imperfect people? Why are we ch changing things based on somebody's opinion? People have led, okay? People have led since God created the world. From the beginning. And all of them have been imperfect. 2,000 years ago, 200 years ago, and 20 years from now. It's, it's messy, okay? Will 20 years from now be messy because of us? What will people say of us? as believers will we be the group that was responsible for letting the church die it's a bold statement look around will we be that group we are that body of believers right now the example is Jesus the way is the word the word is the truth we are to follow Jesus' example and occupy until he returns. Until he returns. Matthew 24, 14. Matthew 24, 14. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Right now, how many people think it's the end? I'm not saying that it's not. But I want to tell you that this scripture here has not been fulfilled. Because we are not proclaiming throughout the whole world as a testimony on nations. When we do that, it says the end will come. So if you've been stuck in a closet somewhere, come on out. We have people to love. We have communities to reach. We have city to occupy. Misery, our misery, doesn't change the mission. Count it all joy. That stinks sometimes. Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And it proves to the loud mouth that you're the real deal. That Jesus is alive and he's alive in you. And what's happening through you is happening because he occupies you. He's influenced you. He is influencing you. Right? So today you alone occupy, you carry the call, and you have influence. Regardless how sheltered you've been. Use it to show people who Jesus is and the truth. And the truth. I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. Here's why. You can try to occupy with something else. And hope and pray and wait for this to be over. But you're in it as a believer. You're in it. And even though God is a God of miracles, He needs you. He needs you. He needs your influence. He needs you to occupy. He needs you. God's plan is people. It's us. It's you. And you have what it takes. How many times in Scripture do we, tell, do we see God, especially in the Old Testament, trying to motivate people to do something? No. I've called you. I've told you. You're strong. You're mighty. Go. You got it. You got it. You have what it takes today. You have what it takes today. So then, you cannot find something else to occupy. You, right now, the only thing is Jesus. And instead of finding something to occupy, find someone. Get your eyes up and seek God. Trust Him. Trust His example. Trust His way and follow it. Follow it. Follow it. Follow it. Be consistent. Right? My big question today is this. If you cannot find God right now, if you cannot find God right now as a believer, where will he be in your future? Where is he in your future? Right now. Because when things get easier, he's not going to be any easier to see. Are you living what it means to be a believer? Are you leading what it means to be a believer? Was God a one-time thing for you? Was this a one-time decision? Were you made to believe? And now you just do because you should. Are you living this? Have you learned it? Are you learning? Are you learning? Are you living it? Are you engaging in a relationship with God every day? And are you leading it for others? Regardless, salvation, your salvation was never intended to be a finish line. It is a beginning line. It's the start line to a relationship with God. Becoming like Jesus is not a one-time thing. It's an all-the-time thing, right? Putting off your old self is a daily decision, not a one-time choice. Learning is daily. We never stop learning the goodness of God. Occupying is not a one-time decision that now moves you from heaven to earth. It's not a one-time decision. It's a daily decision. 
It's a daily decision to be present where you are, to occupy. I'm going to read the Living Bible Translation of James 1, 21 through 27, to give a different perspective on the message translation that I read earlier. Here's, here's what it says. We can uh, read this together to be on the bottom of the screen. So, get rid of all that is wrong in your life, both inside and outside. This is how we occupy, right? And humbly be glad for the wonderful message we have received, for it is able to save our souls as it takes hold of our heart. Are you living this? Are you leading this? And remember, it's a message to obey, not just to listen to. So don't fool yourselves. For if a person just listens and doesn't obey, he's like a man looking at his face in a mirror. As soon as he walks away, he can't see himself anymore or remember what he looks like. But if anyone keeps looking steadily into God's law for free men... He will not only remember it, but he will do what it says, and God will greatly bless him in everything that he does. This is our action step. Anyone who says he's a Christian but doesn't control his sharp tongue is just fooling himself, and his religion is not worth much. The Christian, the believer, who is pure and without fault from God and the Father's point of view is the one who takes care of orphans and widows and remains true to the Lord, not soiled and dirtied by his contacts with the world, excuse me, isn't that what Colossians 3 tells us? Isn't that what Colossians 3 tells us? Putting your earthly nature behind you, 3.5, and putting on the new you daily, 3.10. This is what having a kingdom mindset is. And maybe that's where we go from here. Kingdom mindset. Worldly mindset? Kingdom mindset. Set your eyes on things above. Right? And so a kingdom mindset takes ground every day. A kingdom mindset takes ground every day. It doesn't take what's given. It takes ground every day. We go. We use our influence and we occupy our house, our cities, our communities, everything. We occupy as believers. Kingdom people, principles, and purpose do not receive pushback. The kingdom of God does not ever sit on hold. God does never say, hey, thanks for calling heaven. Please hold. Do you know what happens when I get that? I'll call you back. I'm not holding. I'm not holding. The kingdom does not sit on hold. We are not created to maintain. We're not created to maintain. When we become content with the church being closed, we lose our place. We give up our influence and we choose to accept man's word instead of God's. Please hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying be ignorant and careless. I'm not saying gather in multitudes of 5,000 so we can all huddle up and eat. I'm not saying that. I am saying we cannot stop being the church. We cannot stop being the church. God does not call anybody to maintain. We are all constantly growing. You're growing right now. The stuff you're going through is development. Use it for that. What doesn't grow gets pruned. We've all heard that, right? And we know what happens once you get pruned, right? What doesn't grow gets pruned and gets thrown in the fire. And, and, and because we prune it, we grow better. And so then, you're a living, growing human being, a spiritual being that's meant for growth. Here's the last part. Colossians 3.10 says, you renew the knowledge of your Im and the image of your creator daily. 
We get real happy with knowledge these days, but here's the reality. This is a big point if you're taking notes. Knowledge is learning what has been said. Perspective comes with a larger frame of reference and understands why it was said. So then, it's not about the what, it's about the why. Your perspective matters. Your perspective is what fuels your influence, not your knowledge. Knowledge helps your perspective. Perspective fuels your influence. How do you gain influence? It starts where you are. Occupy. Mark 16, Matthew 22, 9, and, and Psalm 72, 19. Trust the mission, not the miserable. Trust the mission, not the miserable. Love where you are because there is purpose in it. There is purpose in it. Where you are, Lauren, starts with boldness and confidence. Have the faith to be bold and confident. How can I say that? Ephesians 3.12 says it, and I trust it with my whole life. In union with Him through faith, we come boldly and confidently into God's presence. If you can approach God like this, you can approach anybody like this. Anybody. Leading your life with boldness and confidence allows you to live in such a way that your time on earth counts for what's most important. And people see your example, and they're pointed to Jesus with your actions. This is how we regain influence, and this is how we occupy as believers again. Again, Luke 21, 19 reminds us of this. Stand firm. By your patience and perseverance, you will win. Stand firm. Be bold. Be confident. What is the win today? The win today is Matthew 24, 14. The gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Here's what you need to know. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. But we've got to get off the couch. We've got to get out. We've got to occupy. You alone have a responsibility as a believer. The world needs you. The world needs me. The world needs us to occupy again. Again. And people around you need your influence in their life. They need you. Your action step this week is two points. Occupy. Be who you are, where you are. Two, influence. Love who, love who you have. Love who you have and shine a light before men. Why? Because whatever happens in your life is either led or it's allowed. It's led or it's allowed. I learned this coaching. This is how me and Heather run our house. What happens in my house is either led or we've allowed it. It's the same thing. So then today, what have you allowed? What have you allowed? Because as believers, it's time that we tip the scale back to leading. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.